This is what you call help? A girl? Orin's locked up someplace. The Glitterbots have everybody on Spectra hypnotized but me, and that's only because I can run faster than anybody. The princess is wrapping the whole planet up like a birthday present, and you bring me a girl? What princess? The princess! She wants to own Spectra. Nobody can own Spectra. It's the life of the whole universe. <laughs> you go and tell the princess that. I guess I'll have to. Hello and welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses-to-be. And we are here today with a very special episode because we are celebrating Bree's birthday! Hey! Hooray! And we are celebrating Bree's birthday with a very special movie that is near and dear to her. We are looking at (laughs) Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer. Yes, I'm so happy. (laughs) Yeah, so you you have a history with this movie. I mean, in the way that it's it was a favorite of mine when I was very young. I loved Rainbow Bright. Um it's it's just it has such a little spot in my heart and i'm gonna come out in front and just be like listen this isn't a good movie (laughs) (laughs) objectively this isn't a good movie i mean i I was i was kind of into it it's it's very cute it's very like it's kind of nonsense yeah like oh yeah like this is this is not winning any best picture awards no like it's it's not great, but I I in my complete I have complete bias because I love it. This is like your uh so we took a look at Hey Cinderella uh a few weeks ago and for me that was like one of the movies I I think it's the same vibe where it's like this isn't this isn't good. This is objectively <laughs> like kind of like a bad movie. But it's like, you know what, it's it's charming, and it gives us those good nostalgic feelings. Yeah. And so we, they just work their way into our hearts. Yeah. Cause, well, because it's like, we've done some movies on here that have been like, they've been nostalgic, but they've also been like, you rewatch them and you're like, oh, this is good still. Like, this is still like objectively yeah. good. This is not. This is not one of those films. <laughs> Was this? Did you? So, did you watch this one for the podcast? And you were like, "Oh no, oh no, no!" <laughs> I. It's sort of. It's one of those things where it's like I don't think I had any real like notion that it was like a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever okay. really. Since uh, since adulthood, I don't think I've been like, oh man, this was actually like a, a piece of art. Like it was a really good film. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I have long I, known. I have try- I'm trying to think if there's like a word to describe that where it's like, this is like, I know this isn't good, but I still just love it yeah. anyways. Because it's not, it's not rose-colored glasses. I'm not seeing it as, like, the nostalgia is making me think it's good. The nostalgia yeah. is just there to be, like, 
Man, I love this. It sucks. It's not good, but it's I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. It's just some little deep part of me. I started Okay, I started watching this yesterday. Um and last night I had a dream that I was at the blockbuster that I used to rent this from. Like that is how that is how wow. deep in my brain this is. That's amazing. Like... <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, I I watched this just before bed last night and I just I had a dream where my sister was teaching me how to crack an egg. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> oh man. I, I I should mention I I did not have any nostalgia for Rainbow Bright. She was always one of those pop culture characters that I I kind of knew about or I learned about them through that pop culture osmosis. But I I was never a Rainbow Rainbow Bright mm-hmm. kid. So I my perception of this movie, I do not have any nostalgia attached to either this movie or this character. So I guess we're kind of getting the two sides of yeah. the coin here, where you 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 have that deep love, and there's just me in the corner, like given like a, a general thumbs up, like yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's not the worst thing you've ever seen, and that's you know that's not nothing. Yeah, like I, I would be fine like showing this to yeah. kids. You know, it's like it's just a yeah, cute little movie. It's not like you said. Like this isn't like you're not gonna be you're not gonna be like yelling at people if they if they tell you they're not a fan of yeah. this movie because it's like it's like yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I was like yeah, yeah, I get it, I get you. But also that robot horse. I love that robot horse so much. <laughs> I don't even know why. <laughs> he doesn't even do He's much. Cool. He's a cylinder with a horse head and like thrusters for legs. I think he's awesome though. <laughs> as as God. has been established, I have loved robots since since the concept of robots appeared in my brain. Like as yeah. soon as I could comprehend a robot, I was like, fuck, robots are so fucking cool. Were you were you one of those kids that cuz I remember growing up it felt like we got to a certain age where robo pets oh, yeah. was like the coolest oh, thing ever. Yeah. Were you did you have any robo pets? I don't think I ever I don't think I had robo pets. But like I thought they were pretty cool. But like as a as a kid when I watched Star Wars, my favorite characters were C3PO and R2D2. When I watched Power Rangers, my favorite character was Alpha 5. I have been like this my whole life. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit, it's a horse and it's a robot. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I wonder what your like your first robot I don't know. Like not like love, but like or like at least not from a romantic sense. No, but like I don't I wish I knew. I wish yeah, I could tell you. Maybe one day I'll oh. unlock that memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now, before we get into the summary here, I figured I I would try and provide some information about Rainbow Bright, because this movie kind of assumes that you are familiar with her. Yeah, it's like, you've you've watched the TV series, right? The 13-episode TV series? You know what Rainbow Bright's about. Yeah, you know what all, like, these weird little creatures and all these, like, (laughs) rainbow-colored kids? You know them, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just to explain for, for any of our listeners who aren't familiar... Uh, so Rainbow Bright was originally a young girl named Wisp, and she was tasked with bringing color back to the then unnamed Rainbow Land. And during her adventure, Wisp met various friends, including her horse Starlight and this little, this sprite creature named Twink. His name is Twink. <laughs> His name is Twink. Uh, he's <laughs> oh. just like a weird little, like, cotton ball with noodle legs and arms yeah it's you know how like there was like popples and shit in the 80s like it was popular yeah. to put legs and arms on a puffball yeah that's yeah that's a good way to describe it yeah but um so wisp also found the color belt during her adventures which is this just like a magic belt that wisp can use to help create rainbows and wisp ended up defeating the king of shadows and rescued the seven color kids which brought back color to Rainbowland, and Wisp was renamed Rainbow Bright in the kind of honor of her victory, and she and the color kids now help to keep the universe colorful. Um, and as you might expect, Rainbow Bright, Rainbow Bright has a nemesis, and his name is Murky Dismal. <laughs> and Murky and his sidekick Lurky are basically just there to like get in Rainbow Bright's way. Yeah. Um, there, there's also this whole thing with colored or color dust, which is mined and then processed into like star sprinkles or color sprinkles. Star sprinkles. And and Rainbow Bright uses that to help make things more colorful. Like it's part of her magic, and she needs that to make the rainbows. But the color belt also makes the rainbows. So the, the, oh, yeah. You need both. You gotta have the color belt and also the star sprinkles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you'll have to correct me if I get any sort of like rainbow bright lore. Oh, I'm wrong. I. <laughs> I do not remember most of the rainbow bright lore, but yeah. If I if I know something, I'll be sure to chime in. Yeah, please do. Ugh. But um, I think without further ado, let's get into the plot summary for Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer. Take us away, Christy. The sun is shining on a beautiful day in Rainbowland, home of Rainbow Bright and the Color Kids. Among other duties, it's Rainbow Bright's job to bring spring to Earth. However, this time when Rainbow Bright tries to use her magic to start spring, it has no effect. Confused, Rainbow Bright and her horse Starlight return to Rainbowland, where they find a strange robotic horse waiting for them. The robotic horse introduces himself as Onyx, and he explains that the diamond planet Spectra is in danger. All of the light in the universe has to pass through Spectra, and without Spectra, the universe will grow dimmer and dimmer and eventually die. That explains what's happening on Earth. The universe... Universe danger. The universe will die unless you hurry. Orin says, only hope is Rainbow Pride. 
Orin, the leader of Spectra, sent Onyx to find Rainbow Bright and ask her for help. Rainbow Bright obviously agrees to help, and she flies off with Onyx on Starlight to Spectra. Eventually, Rainbow Bright, Starlight, and Onyx arrive at Spectra, where they can see that something is covering up the surface of the planet, preventing the light from shining through. They land on Spectra and see that its inhabitants have been hypnotized to sit and weave a giant net. With that net all over everything, the light can't get through! Princess plans to pull Spectra with spaceship. Net is for spaceship to hold on to. Rainbow Bright and Starlight try to dismantle the net, but they are stopped by Glitterbots, who chase after them. During their chase, we see that the Glitterbots are behind the mass hypnotism of Spectre's inhabitants. Rainbow Bright and the others manage to escape the Glitterbots, and happen to run into a young boy named Chris, who is a friend of Onyx. Chris, who is not happy to see that Spectra's savior is a girl, explains that Orin has been taken prisoner, most of Spectra's inhabitants have been hypnotized, and he reiterates that the princess is planning on stealing Spectra for herself. Rainbow Bright decides that she's heard enough, and sets off to confront the princess. Oh, sure. All by yourself, huh? Just tell me where to find her. You can come with us, if you're not afraid. I'm braver than any girl! As expected, the princess is an unreasonable brat. Not only does she not care about the plight of the universe, after witnessing Rainbow Bright use her magic color belt, the princess demands Rainbow Bright give it to her. When Rainbow Bright refuses, the princess uses power from her magic jewel to overpower Chris and Rainbow Bright, and she steals Rainbow Bright's belt and locks her and Chris up in a dungeon. Seeing that Rainbow Bright and Chris have been captured, Onyx creates a distraction to allow Starlight to sneak into the castle. Starlight manages to steal back Rainbow Bright's belt and pass it to Onyx, who brings it to the window of Rainbow Bright's prison. Rainbow Bright uses the belt to escape and rescues Starlight, and the group tries to flee. They don't get far, however, as the princess uses her magic jewel to teleport the group to a prison planet. They are once again locked up, but manage to escape their cell thanks to Onyx. Unfortunately, soon after they are attacked by Lizardmen, and in the scuffle Rainbow Bright is knocked down into a crevice. Luckily for her, who should she meet in this crevice but Orin himself? You're... Orin? I heard the princess sent you here. I've been searching all over for... But there's no time for chit-chat now. Spectra grows darker by the moment. Before they can save Spectra, Rainbow Bright must first rescue Chris, Onyx, and Starlight from prison, where they were taken by the Lizardmen. Orin gives Rainbow Bright a small wrist-melted blaster to give to Chris, which he could use with Rainbow Bright's power to send out different magical effects based on the colors of the rainbow. With Chris's new blaster and Rainbow Bright's magic, the group manages to escape the prison planet. They return to Spectra and find that the planet is almost completely covered with the net. Orin says that the only way to stop the princess is to destroy the source of her power, her magic jewel. The source of all her power, and she will use it all to stop you. The castle's defenses are strong, but there is a way in, if you're not afraid. I'm not. I'm not afraid of anything. While Orin and a few unhypnotized residents of Spectra work to cut the nets surrounding the planet, Rainbow Bright and Chris set off to the princess's castle. They make their way through various dangers, and eventually find themselves in the princess's throne room. 
They face off once again with the princess, but this time Rainbow Bright and Chris combine their powers together, and the two are able to destroy the magic jewel. This causes the princess's castle to begin collapsing, and she escapes on her spaceship and heads toward Spectra. The princess declares that, if she can't have Spectra, no one can, and so she plans to crash her ship into Spectra, hoping to shatter it and destroy the universe. Thankfully, before she can do so, Rainbow Bright uses her rainbow to light up Spectra, and the intensity of the light explodes the princess's ship. With Spectra saved, light begins returning to the universe. Spring finally arrives on Earth, and Rainbow Bright returns to Rainbow Land. Everyone celebrates a job well done, with Rainbow Bright and Chris vowing that they'll work together to keep the universe bright and beautiful. The, the end. end. And may I Ooh. say right now, congratulations yes. on saying fucking Rainbow Bright over and over and I, over and over again like that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but that's a hard couple that's, of words yeah, to say. It's, it's Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright. Rainbow yeah, this, bright. when I was, I, because I, I write the summary <laughs> and then I try and I, I rehearse it a few times to try and make sure that it flows naturally uh-huh. and it wasn't until I was doing that and I was like, holy shit, this is, Rainbow Bright is a hard name to say out loud. <laughs> Especially like 50 times. Especially 50 times, especially if you're a speech therapy dropout like me. <laughs> well, you did amazing. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Jeez. Oh, oh man. So, 80s, 80s kids cartoons weren't afraid to say everyone's gonna die, which is very fun. No. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it is so weird, too, because Rainbow Bright... I don't know how old she's meant to be, but she looks like she's, like, eight years old yeah, or well, younger. Here's the thing. The Color Kids and Rainbow Bright, I'm convinced, are, like, unaging, like, fey entities. Like, mm-hmm. they're, like, they look like little children, but I'm pretty sure Rainbow Bright herself is, like, hundreds of years old. Like, yeah, <laughs> she is an ancient being. I, I was trying to, like, figure out her backstory uh, because I, I feel like at some point I heard some some version of the story that she was originally from Earth and she went on this journey and that's how she became Rainbow Bright. And so I was trying to fact check that and in her origin story, she just, like, appears in this desolate wasteland already, like, existing fully formed and there's like i i like i didn't watch the special so i don't know if it mentions where she comes from but it just seems like she just like the universe manifested rainbow bright yeah yeah no she is like an eldritch entity like (laughs) yeah just like just she just appears and it's just it's yeah she has always been and will always be yeah it's kind of spooky it's 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 yeah, she is she is an ancient being in the form of a small child with giant hair. Giant, yeah, giant hair. But it, but yes, just to sh- they this movie is very explicit about if Rainbow Bright doesn't exceed, everyone and the universe will die. Like literally they're like we will all die. 
Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's kind of it's it's wild. The the scope of this movie is really impressive to me because I know we've seen a lot of like we have to do this and save the world kind of yeah. like that level of danger. I don't know if I've really ever seen that many like we have to save the universe. Yeah, like the whole universe. Mm-hmm. will be destroyed if we can't stop this. Yeah. The fate of the universe is in this, like, strange little girl's hands. <laughs> this strange ancient being. Ancient And her being. talking horse. And I I love Starlight. I fucking love Starlight! <laughs> <laughs> he's, such a, I, he's such a little asshole, and I love it. Yeah! Oh. I... I was surprised by how much I like Starlight because I I kind of had just assumed. Well, first off, I I I assumed that that Twink would have a more made like the sidekick role in the movie, but Twink kind of gets sidelined pretty quick. Like he stays he stays in Rainbow Land to help like collect color dust and manage that while yeah. Rainbow Bright is on Spectra, and it's Starlight that is the sidekick character. Oh yeah. Um, and he's he's a pretty active participant in the plot too. Yeah. Like I remember and I always got confused later in later years cuz I I watched this and I watched Chira growing up and I knew one yes. of them had a sassy horse. But it was Rainbow Bright. Like Shira's horse, I don't think. I don't think Swift Wind talks, but Starlight will let you know that he is the best fucking horse around. <laughs> See, I I think Swift Wind does talk does because he? I oh he does was, yeah he does it's really he has like a really like deep like oh right he does yeah okay I was I was actually I I confused uh Starlight for Swift Wind and it wasn't until they started talking that I was like oh okay Swift Wind is the one with the really like the deep voice and the wings and the and the yeah. he sounds very noble and then starlight starts talking he's like fuck y'all i'm yeah i, I am the most magnificent horse that exists <laughs> i love that so much he yeah he loves himself he has such confidence yeah and it's i don't know how they do it because i feel like other characters with with that trait it would get it it usually gets very annoying but just something about swift wind you mean starlight just, <laughs> or starlight damn it <laughs> something about starlight yeah these 80s white flying horses yeah <laughs> but but something something about starlight is just it's just so funny when he just starts ranting about how like he's just he's almost like fed up like yeah. from the get go, yeah. Like, he's like, "Why do I, the most magnificent horse in the universe, have to put up with this shit?" Yeah, <laughs> and it helps that like beyond being able to talk, he really doesn't. He can't do much. Like he is a good. <laughs> he's a really cool yeah. horse because he can talk and he's smart. But like, that's it. He can't fly yeah. on his own. He can't. Do- <laughs> he can't do no. anything other than what a normal horse can. <laughs> And I was surprised by that because I I had assumed that Swiftwind wait, no, Starlight, damn it. <laughs> this is gonna be It's okay. It's okay. I I had assumed that Starlight could fly by himself and that like he maybe generated the rainbows or something. But no. 
Rainbow Bright explicitly has to create the rainbow that Swiftwind Starlight can. God damn it! (laughs) (laughs) This is your fault. You put Swiftwind in my brain. Oh no, I'm sorry. How dare you? (laughs) Yeah, Starlight can. He flies by running on the rainbow that Rainbow Bright sends out. Yeah. Yeah, so he he is a smart horse that can talk, and that's his whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> and he has great self-confidence. He's so super high self-confidence. I feel like we could all learn a lesson from him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, again, I love those moments where he just seems really fed up with having to, like, save the day and all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> When when they arrive on Spectra, because this, it's a diamond, it's very slick surface, and uh, uh, Starlight has su- like a hard time getting around because his little hooves can't get any traction, <laughs> and they end up they have to wrap his <laughs> hooves in like rope booties yeah. so that he could successfully run away. And he's so like he's just he hates it. He's just it's indignant. Just awesome. He's like, I will not wear booties. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, how dare you? And they're like, we are, Rainbow Bright's like, we are being shot at by Glitterbox. You're putting on these goddamn booties. We gotta go. We gotta get the fuck out. (laughs) And we we apparently can't use my rainbow right now for you to run on. So we're gonna, you gotta, you gotta use these booties. To to be fair, I guess she she was probably trying to conserve the star sprinkles. Yeah, that's true. There's there's a moment where she she runs out of star sprinkles in the film, and she runs into Orin, and Orin has a stash of star sprinkles, and so Rainbow Bright sees this and she just excitedly shouts out star sprinkles, and I don't know why it just felt like a little child going cookies. (laughs) Yeah, that's the energy. Yeah, just just the name Star Sprinkles. Like it does not strike fear. Sprinkles into the heart. is not. It's just sort of a yeah. yeah. Just these my sprinkles are gonna fuck you up. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't sound menacing. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like Starlight is very good. It's mm-hmm. it's the thing. He's a very good horse. It's just it's a, just kind of a shame that he can't compete with Onyx. Man, <laughs> Onyx is so cool. He's <laughs> just such a cool horse ro- robot rocket thing. Yeah. Uh. It's, it's funny because he definitely doesn't have as much personality as, as Starlight. Like, Onyx's personality no. is very much, I am a robot. Yeah. And he... Oh yeah, and when he does like his main personality trait is law robot, but um, like he does have like he does have emotions. It's shown like he's mm-hmm. he's loyal to Orin. He's happy to see Chris. Like he he's a little he's a person, but he's he's a very like eighties robot person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, horse. <laughs> So I love his design when his legs like flip back and become a little jetpack, like the, his his jet legs. Yeah, they're just like little cylinders yeah. that the that propel him, and he's able to angle them and just flip him around. He's very cool. He is, and yeah, and he's 
he he's constantly saving Rainbow Bright for a good while. Oh yeah. Like he he blocks shots for her. Like the glitter bots try and hypnotize her and he just gets in there and blocks the shots. Uh at one point at one point, Rainbow Bright and Starlight end up in a boat, and then Onyx has to help push the boat because they don't there's somehow there's just this boat in the middle of a lake on and there's no there's no rudder. oars or row or like sail there's no there's no way to propel the boat so they're like oh fuck like oh no we're stuck now and then and then onyx comes flying in and he starts pushing uh he starts pushing the boat and the day is saved except oh no a waterfall how could we <laughs> have foreseen this it's, and, and so, it's like we're in an, it's like we're in a film or some yeah. kind of TV show where where all water leads to waterfall. I, f- I yeah, I f- that must be that must be a trope. Oh yeah, because that f- oh yeah, that feels so common. Nobody nobody ever just has like a nice little trip down a lazy river. No, well, how exciting would that be? No. So then they they start going over this waterfall, and then Onyx has to save them from the waterfall. And he just, like, I don't know how he manages he, this. He kind of just, like... He, like, grips it with his head, kind of, and then uses the propellers, or uses his jet legs to, like, just lift it into the air. Yeah. He, lifting a full-grown horse, a boat, and a little girl. Yeah. He's very he, strong and cool. He is yeah. an incredibly powerful robot horse. <laughs> Though they do, like, it's what, like... He picks them up and starts flying, and I think, like, I think Starlight sasses him gently, and then he just fucking drops them. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. Was that, do you think, was that purposeful? I feel like that was just a little bit on purpose. It <laughs> <laughs> like, was kind of... It was pretty good. <laughs> like, oh my god, be careful. Starlight, he's, he, the horse legs are fragile. Yeah, you those will break, man. It's fine. He God. lands on his ass. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like he 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 gets them to where Chris is, and then he just fucking drops them because he's like, "I'm ha- I've had enough of your fucking sass." Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Starlight. I just saved your your horse ass. You can't even fly. Yeah, like, you can't do shit. <laughs> yeah. What the hell. <laughs> Uh, and then they get to Chris, who is just, who is an annoying character, but, you know, <laughs> nothing, no movie's perfect. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind Chris. We'll, we'll get to the characters that I fucking hate in a little bit. Uh-huh. Here. But to talk about Chris, like, I, I don't mind him. I, his whole thing is that he, he has... They do the boy-girl rivalry. Yeah, it's the eighties, right? Yeah, yeah, like, and that's that's kind of the thing. We have to remember the time period this was in, where not not to say we've like solved gender, <laughs> we've solved it. <laughs> yeah, the gender we we've solved it, it. Yeah, we figured it out. We did it. Uh. No more. But yeah, but you know, the for the time period this was in, I I could see why they went for this angle yeah Um, it's like one of those like i can do any like they sent me a girl when i needed help i can do anything a girl can do it's like all right he's 
You're fucking. You're hiding in a cave, Chris. What the yeah, fuck have you fucking... been doing? <laughs> but it makes him. It's very funny because it makes him super easy to manipulate. Because <laughs> Rainbow Bright yeah. is just like, yeah, okay, bud. I'm gonna go do this shit. If you're too fucking chicken to to do it, you can stay here. He's just like, I'm not afraid. <laughs> she's using that toxic masculinity yeah. in her <laughs> she just uses it constantly to manipulate him to do what she wants it's great yeah. it's yeah it's it's funny I, I I do feel like for the most part um, I think they handled the boy girl thing okay yeah it's it's a little bit at the beginning and then it sort of peters out yeah I I think the main thing is that while they keep taking these digs at each other, they also, these characters also recognize that there's something a lot more important going on. Yeah, and so they're still moving they, the plot forward. It doesn't get hung up on on mm-hmm. needing to take a minute and talk about how boys versus girls, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think it does also help, too, that whether whether or not Rainbow Bright is an immortal uh, <laughs> uh eldritch abomination <laughs> um because her and chris are very young looking kids um not to suggest that it's okay for little kids to see other genders as rivals but i i think i'm just i'm less annoyed seeing two young immature kids buy into that rivalry sure versus if Rainbow Bright and Chris were young adults or teenagers and they were still pulling that shit, because at that point, they should know better. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like, this, it feels like something kids would say if you're, like, six years old and, like, yeah. Probably my favorite um, snippy moment they have is when, so Rainbow Bright and Chris are in the castle. (gasps) Yes. Um, so, So Rainbow... So the princess sicks this weird monster thing after them, and Chris grabs Rainbow Bright's arm, and they start running, and he says to her, you even need someone to tell you which way to run, to which Rainbow Bright replies, some of us aren't used to running away. I literally have that written down, and then just have the note, (laughs) roast him, Rainbow! Yeah, get Get him! It's so good. It's so good. And, and Chris doesn't. Chris doesn't have a reply. There like, is no retort. Out. He just. <laughs> she got me. Damn. <laughs> it's very good. Oh god. Oh man. <laughs> I kind of. One thing I kind of found funny is that Chris's wrist-mounted blaster requires Rainbow Bright's magic to use it. Like it's, yeah. it's tied to her powers and so without rainbow rainbow bright chris can't use it which it feels like a really weird tool to give to chris this item that majority of the time he's not going to be able to use yeah well i think the whole thing is that it's meant to be like time to be a team like you guys need to work together oh i guess like I think, I guess it's just the way that Orin hypes it up. Is yeah. that he's like, this is an ancient tool that only you can use Rainbow Bright, but we're going to give it to Chris. And so maybe can you just help him out and just um, lend him your power? Yeah. I Well, Orin also, when he has to take off to like, when they start to do their thing and Orin heads off to do, to like, go start cutting the nets on Spectra. 
his whole thing. He like leaves by being like, okay, see you work together. Can you guys just work together? <laughs> so I think that's maybe just Oren's whole thing. He's just like, for the love of God, just stop fighting yeah. with each other. <laughs> just get shit done. Get shit please. done. Yeah. I guess I, I kind of just wonder if like, I I, I kind of just got the impression that Chris is like Spectra's version of Rainbow Bright. Yeah. Um, so it just I don't know. It felt like it like this felt like a a I don't know maybe like a like a pilot for Chris's own show where he's like I'm Chris and I use my light blaster and I'm the boy version of Rainbow Bright. Yeah. But. It, but so then it's still, it's tied to Rainbow Bright, so how would that work? Like, does he get, like, he has to call Rainbow Bright, I need you to come and help me defeat this monster, because I just got my ass kicked. I don't know. I, because, I feel like this was the last thing that they made. I feel like I, there was the TV series, and then they made the movie. And then that was yeah. pretty much it. So, I don't know if it was for a pilot, or if it was just, like, Here's another character that we wanted to have for the film. Yeah. So and now he lives in Rainbow you... Land with Rainbow Bright and he helps. Oh, do you think he stayed? Did he stay on in Rainbow Land? I think he stayed in Rainbow Land. Hmm. Maybe. Who knows? I wonder where, I wonder where Chris came from. Well, cause he because says he says he's from Spectra. Who but knows? It's like... Uh, this is, yeah, th this is one of those things that we can't think too hard about. No. Because I don't even, but it, but it is just weird that it's like, you have these little puffball creatures, the, the, I, do they have a name? Uh, they're the sprites. Okay, okay, so they are, okay. Yeah, they're sprites. Um, the little puffballs are called sprites, and apparently they are, they both live on, in Rainbow Land and on Spectra. Yeah. I so, yeah, it's just like, so you have the sprites, and they seem to be the main population, and then you have, like, Rainbow Bright, and the color kids are, like, vaguely, they look human, but maybe they're not maybe human. Maybe they're not. They also are different proportionally, because there is one, like, you see Rainbow Bright interacting with, like, what's his name? Br I can't remember Brian. the kid. Ryan, yes. Yeah. Um... So, like, an average human boy <laughs> on, yeah. on Earth. And, like, her and the color kids are proportionally different to, like, an actual human child. So, who knows? Okay. I didn't, Chris yeah, is I a little closer. Like... Chris looks like he's got the same kind of proportion going on as as the humans. But, like, if you were to put um... the Ryan next to, like, the color kids, he does look a little different. Yeah, that that would make sense. I was kind of thinking, I see. I was thinking that Rainbow Bright because she was just younger, like that's. Oh, how maybe. Yeah, that, I mean that could also just be true. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the deep, deep underlying lore, if any. Yeah. We we should highlight, but yeah, it's so Brian is just like this normal ass kid on earth that I guess his superpower is just that he's the only one that could see rainbow bright. Yeah. And I guess they just kind of have like this, this kind of friendly relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I could remember. It's, it's been a couple decades since I watched <laughs> through all of rainbow bright. 
<laughs> so I don't remember exactly why they know each other. Yeah, if it's just he's that that's kind of like you know the whole the whole thing about the chosen one in yeah you know, the the chosen one in TV shows. This feels like a very lame version of that. It's like, <laughs> like the, the only chosen one power that he got is the ability to see the actual heroes. Yeah, and, just, <laughs> and, and and the action doesn't even take place on Earth. It no. takes place on either Rainbowland or on Spectra. Well, because I think most of the show, like, I think he's a bigger part of the show. Yeah. Same with him, him and Twink. Twink is in the show a lot. Yeah. He is he is the sidekick character alongside Starlight. I'm kind of glad they did leave him behind in this film. Yeah. Because as an adult, his voice a little, is a, a little, little grating. Yeah. As a child, I didn't mind. As an adult. He, he his <laughs> voice sounds like it hurts to do. Yeah. It's funny because we we just talked about Rita Repulsa in our previous episode, <laughs> and that it kind of has the same vibe to me. Where it's like, as a kid, yeah, it was probably like, oh, he has a really cute voice to hear. But as an adult, you're like, oh, please be careful. Yeah, just are you? Is your throat okay? Are you all right? It's I I don't know. Are you a Simpsons fan at all? No. I so I I enjoyed the classic seasons of The Simpsons, so that's like seasons like one to ten. Um, Marge's voice actress Julie Kavner, if you listen to her in recent seasons, she sounds rough. Oh no! That poor woman has been doing Marge's voice for what is it like? It's over thirty years. <sighs> and it is showing in her poor vocal cords. Oh they man. Need- they need to end that show so that <laughs> Julie Kavner can rest. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, God, that's... that's like that's like the monkey's paw thing. It's like as a voice actor, it's like, oh, you get a job as a successful voice actress on a long-running TV show, and then the monkey's paw curls, and it's like, oh, but you, this is the voice you have to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, sorry, Julie. <laughs> God. Yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's um, it is. It's a, it was a good choice, I feel, to leave Twink behind. Uh, mm-hmm. Go- going back to uh, to Brian and the whole Earth thing. Yes, so we we keep um periodically throughout the film we check up on Brian and we see how Earth is doing <laughs> as Earth doing terrible. Yeah, because I it's um. <laughs> <laughs> the the dimming of spectra not only results in this ongoing winter, but it affects everyone's mood. It's like this massive worldwide seasonal effective depression. Yeah, um, everyone and it, everyone has depression. Everyone is so miserable, and um, there's this news report. The TV news reporter. Yeah, I I'll I'll read it out to Bree, but I'll splice it in here for our audio listeners. Oh. Um, the Weather Bureau reports no sign of an end to the dreariness that's bringing the whole world to a stop. The accident rate is up, the birth rate is down, and every country in the world is blaming the whole situation on some other country. Hospitals report their patients have stopped asking when they'll get better. 
Things have become so depressing, in fact... It... In fact, why am I even here? Why should I be the only one who hasn't given up? It's so bad! <laughs> it's... Oh my god, that... Oof. That moment... <laughs> It's way different, <laughs> right? <laughs> Holy My shit. notes say, damn, this TV reporter is a 2020 to 2022 mood, isn't it? Yeah, holy Oof, shit. Doofa. I, I was, because I, 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 I think I watched this for the first time last year oh. when I, when I first picked up the DVD in preparation for, <laughs> for, for this episode. And I watched it, and I just kind of laughed because oh, like that's so over the top. Um, I, I think I still had some hope left in humanity oh, at that point. Oh boy! <laughs> but, yeah, this last rewatch, it's just like holy shit. That just, <laughs> yeah, that just hits differently. Damn! Can we get Rainbow Bright in here now? Is this what's happening, Rainbow Bright? Help us, Rainbow, please. You little shit, where are you? The, the dark princess has unexploded herself and come back from the fucking dead <laughs> and she's stealing spectra again please help us i you know you know what's awesome about that it's like yeah at the end of this film it looks like the fucking princess dies like her she's ship fucking dead it blows up to smithereens but apparently apparently the princess not only survived the explosion at the end of the film but she, at least according to Wikipedia, it, she shows up in the last episode of the TV series. What? Yeah. Wait, really? I don't remember yeah. that at all. Apparently. Shit. I thought for sure she, like, she had just fucking died. That's what it looks like. <laughs> like she explodes and turns into sprinkly stardust. Yeah. Is that where the star sprinkles come from? Oh my god, they're people. It's just in the whole color dust mines. It's just a front. Oh, God. They just grind up the bitchy people. <laughs> that's how they bring That's how they bring joy to the universe. They take yeah. all the assholes and turn them into sprinkles. Oh, my God. Damn. That makes too, that makes too much sense. <laughs> God. Oh. The, the princess is absolutely my favorite character oh, in the entire film. She's fucking great. In in the first few minutes, like so the film actually opens up on this conversation between her and Orin as Orin's trying to explain to her, you will destroy the universe if you try and steal Spectra. And she does not give a single shit. I can have anything I want. And I want that diamond. The greatest diamond in all the universe. Let me try to explain this just once more, your highness. If, if anything happens to that diamond... I don't want to talk to you anymore! You are going to destroy everybody in the whole universe. Take him away! You will destroy yourself! Dare attack my power? Yeah, she's like, and? <laughs> yeah. Like, so? <laughs> I, I want that diamond planet. Too bad. Too fucking bad. I want it and I get what I want. Yeah. My, my favorite thing about her is that she has this huge <laughs> emerald that she treats like a pet. <laughs> 
um, so goofy. I love it. She she like she strokes it. She chastises it for sitting on her bed. She she, she carries she, it around like you, like an evil villain has like their their cat. Yeah. Yeah. She walks it on a leash at one point. <laughs> and it's just it's this inanimate It's not emerald. alive at all. It is no. just a rock. It's just a hunk of carbon and she's just <laughs> carting it around. She even she has she even at one point she sets it down into this little tidy cradle. Yeah. <laughs> like that's its bed. This is her this is her uh, pet rock. It's just adorable and it leads to Oh my god. My, it leads to this it's amazing. Um <laughs> we're we're told earlier in the film that the princess's <sighs> spaceship is powered by minerals. So you throw in like rocks and stuff into the engine and it converts it into fuel. Um, and so at the end of the film, the princess goes to escape in her ship, but it starts running out of fuel. And so in this absolutely shocked me the first time I watched this movie, she, she takes her emerald and she hocks it into the engine. Yeah. Like it's sitting behind her on like, cause she's in the pilot's chair and then there's like a second chair behind her and that just has the little emerald on like a little blanket. Yeah. She picks the she, fucking thing up and just is like, into the fire you go. <laughs> yeah. She she saved it from her crumbling castle. But then she gets to this point. She's like, well, gotta get. I, I, I hate I hate the universe in Rainbow Bright more than I love my precious emerald. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. I couldn't believe it. Oh. When, she, when she did that, I was just like. I was so shocked. I was honestly more shocked at that than the fact that she like tried to like like fly her spaceship into the planet to destroy the universe. <laughs> God. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. She's just wonderful and her design is so, oh, so over the top. It's so good. It's so ridiculous. It's so 80s. It's just the most 80s thing you've ever seen. Yes, just like giant, bright, bright red hair with this weird, like, e- like this headdress kind of thing. Yeah, and and just the the really dramatic dark eye makeup. Oh. Yeah, God, she's just I love her. She's great. She oh. is the princess in this princess movie, and it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, this is. I I feel like Rainbow Bright kind of has princess vibes. Yeah, um, but definitely like this is one where we. I I think it was worth cheating the rule because that princess seeing this evil ass princess was <laughs> wonderful. Oh, yeah, she's great. God. Ah. <sighs> If I, if I, I think it's time, if I could talk about my most hated characters. Who, who could it be? Holy shit. Fucking hate Murky and Murky. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't this like is, Murky and Lurky. <laughs> no. Fuck them. This is, this is another instance of me oh. having written characters out of the summary because they really don't have any relevance really to the don't. plot. <laughs> But also, I fucking hate these two, and I was so happy when I realized I could completely remove oh. them from the summary. 
their whole thing in the movie is that uh, they overhear they they overhear bits and pieces of Rainbow Bright's conversation with Onyx, mostly just the mention of there's this diamond-sized planet. And so they hop into a spaceship and they take off after Rainbow Bright because they want to try and see if they could get Spectra for themselves. And then we just see them every so often through the rest of the film, what, what they're getting up to. <laughs> and it's, it usually follows the formula of Murky wants to do something, often tells Lurky, don't do this, Lurky, and then Lurky is big and dumb, and and he does the thing he wasn't supposed to do, and then Murky gets mad at Lurky, and then... Calls him an just... amoeba brain. Yeah, and it's just... I, 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 holy shit, I hated it. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> just hated it. Oh, man. I feel like like they just tried to shoehorn them in because they are the the villains yeah. of the TV series because they're just the bungling bad guys of the show. And they should have gotten their asses left back in Rainbowland. Yeah, they really should have. <laughs> God. Uh I just we we've talked about this in I think it was the Princess and the Pauper episode, but I I cannot stand dumb henchmen who are so dumb that you don't you can't understand why the evil villain keeps them employed. Yeah. Like why are these two around? But the thing the thing with Murky and Lurky is that I don't think like at the beginning, I think in the first episodes they're working for, like, the Dark Lord or whatever, whoever the fuck mm. Rainbow Bright defeats. Um, yeah. And then after he's gone, they're just sort of, like, they're just doing their thing. And Murky and Lurk, <laughs> like, Murky still fucking hates color and wants color gone, but, like, now he's not working for anyone, so they're just his schemes and he sucks at it. And yeah. And Lurky is just, like... His... Just, just has, doesn't have anything better to do. Yeah. Lurky's like his he... only friend left. <laughs> yeah. So that's why he's kept around. I I just feel like Murky could probably, as like dumb as his plans are, he could probably actually get something done. But Murky or Lurky is just there to constantly ruin things for him. And it's just like at what point does Murky just have to accept that he should just fire Lurky? I th I think like, it's I think it's just the fact that he's the only one left that will put up with with uh, Murky's bullshit. Oh, but he's just he's better off without him. Come on, Murky. <laughs> oh, just ridiculous. <laughs> I hate it. I. I, I don't know if it comes off better in the TV show, but at least in, like, the movie, I after, like, two or three scenes with these two assholes, <laughs> I, I developed this Pavlovian response where as soon as I saw them oh, on no. screen, the smile would just disappear from my face and I would just sigh deeply. <laughs> and eventually I started using their scenes as a break to go get myself something from the kitchen oh, or go no. to the bathroom. Just like, oh. God, I'll come back when Rainbow Bright's on the screen. God. God. Just hated these two. That's fair. That's fair. They're they're useless. They don't do anything and they're just annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just I... 
The only thing like, that they do of any worth through the entire movie is at the very, very end, um, they crash their ship into essentially the princess's like sitting room where she's having the throne room. There we go. That ha- where she's having her confrontation with with Rainbow and Chris. They end up just smashing their ship into it and and uh, taking her out, kind of. You're like like helping to momentarily distract her while Rainbow Bright and, and yeah Chris yeah yeah get shit done yeah because they crash in and destroy her throne and she's like <gasps> you fuckers yeah well she has to like scramble to save her precious emerald <laughs> her poor precious emerald oh god oh. <laughs> I felt so bad for that fucking thing I know it's just a rock. I cared so much more for that stupid rock than I did Mercury. <laughs> I wish they blew up. Well, they do. Their ship falls into, like, the ocean below and, like, explode. And Rainbow just doesn't fucking react. She's like, she's I like, guess they're gone. Just rest God. in pieces, I guess. <sighs> Tragically, they do show up at the very end, navigating their busted-ass spaceship back to Rainbow Land, but... It was very funny that it looks like they straight up die and she's just like, whatever. (laughs) She's so done. (laughs) She's just like, I have been dealing with you shits for however long I have lived. The the millennia that I have existed in this childlike rainbow form. Oh my god, do you think they're eternal too? They must be. Oh god. That would be hell. (laughs) That's the only reason why they're still around is you can't kill them. They're unkillable. Oh god, that's true. <laughs> would have like quietly taken care of it. Oh, if she could. Cuz they live in Rainbow Land. Like they're in her territory. I feel like she could probably so easily like just defeat them or like imprison them if she wanted to, but she just feels like there's like there's no point. They're just going to No point. And like, plus, like, they're the too energy? incompetent to actually harm anything, so, you know. Yeah. I guess it keeps keeps her day exciting, maybe. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, when you, when you said there's characters you hated, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I know who yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you, you fucking hate them, too. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... I don't necessarily have the vitriol, I guess, but it's just, they're whatever. (laughs) They're the useless little enemies from the show. I I have no strong feelings about them one way or the other. Yeah, it just, I could not, could not stand them. Oh, man. And again, it's just like, why, why did we, why did we waste precious... Precious animation time making these scenes of these two idiots doing nothing of consequence for the plot. Well, they're main characters in the show, so they gotta be doing something. Gotta have shenanigans. But Twink is a main character and they wrote him out. Yeah, but Twink is just, he's just chilling. Just he needed a break, I guess. They didn't want, that, that would have been too many goddamn characters. Yeah. And so they were like, which is the one that could that we can leave behind the easiest? <laughs> and sadly it was Twink. 
and not yeah. murky and lurky. Can I can I share with you? Um, this is an IMDb fact uh-huh. that, or like a trivia that um, apparently this film was produced in three months. Fuck. No. Yeah. That's what it says. Apparently, that's absurd. That isn't that fucking horrifying. That's awful. No, no wonder. Because I, I was like, I was watching the, uh, the credits, and like, there's a, there is a large crew <laughs> on this yeah. bad boy. <laughs> they probably threw every single fucking person they had on this, plus like, begged other companies to help. Yep. God. Yeah. No. It was was produced in only three months at that time the fastest ever for an animated feature which i i first off i love how imdb just drops this without like any hint of the horror that that production must have been and also also the horror to think that there is some other movie out there that's faster yeah i don't know who what what fucking movie is that i don't oh my god I, d- I don't know, and that's horrifying. But, yeah, it's... You can tell. Like, yeah. a lot of this looks... Like, the animation's not bad. It's not no. good, but it's not bad. But it's it's also... And I realized this upon, like, recent watching. It's another one of those shows that you can tell... Like, it was it was made by for an American company, but the animation was done in Japan. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. Because there is that special that special 80s quality of animation from Japan that you get. Yeah, that little extra seasoning that they it's, put on top. It's a little sprinkling. There's something in the of the, like, expressions here and there and the way they draw and, like, some animation parts. And you're just like, this is from Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, I mean, for me... Things start making sense for <laughs> my whole life <laughs> when I realized that a lot of the shows that I watched, even as a baby, baby Brie, <laughs> were the shows coming out of like were animated in Japan. Yeah, like there was there was clearly a specific style that even as a small baby, I was I was drawn to. Yeah, I think it's just like there's just such a uniqueness. And appeal to, yeah. especially like, and and this might be just full of nostalgia, but yeah, like nineties era anime, yeah, eighties like anime, yeah, just looks so good. And like it, in a lot of cases, it doesn't look good, but it looks real good, <laughs> like in my heart. <laughs> yeah, well, like the the animation is usually usually a little bit limited. Yeah, um, but like the individual drawings look fantastic yeah like the the uh the toei animation little mermaid that we took a look at a while back yeah just again it's it's limited animation but just the designs just like oh like i just want to screenshot this and make this my background yeah they're just so charming Mm -hmm. i i need i need to share with you though on on the note of designs i I have had this lifelong irritation about Rainbow Bright's design. Uh-oh. Why? Um, so Rainbow Bright has... Her hairstyle... Is it the giant has, hair? 
Well, you know, I could accept the giant hair, but her bangs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way they're shaped is so silly. <laughs> it's so, her bangs are like this, like, they, how they are drawn, they perfectly curve around her eyebrows and like the side of her head. Like, it's this very, like, it just. It almost looks like it, her hairline is directly yes! above her eyebrow. <laughs> Exactly. It doesn't look like bangs. It looks like a hairline. Yeah. Her hair is pulled taut into the ponytail. Yeah. And it looks like she has no forehead. Yeah. It's it's a very bizarre design. And it's weird because when you when she is drawn in from the side in a profile view, you can see that it yeah it's like this distinct ledge you could see the shape of the bang and it yeah. looks fine but if you see her from head on you're like why where you have got you don't have a forehead you have a no head what happened yeah and it just it's just so i i remember having this monkey toy as a kid and it <laughs> oh, had no. like a, it had a hard plastic face and like the rest of the head like had like a furry body and just like the shape of the head how Again, how Rainbow Bride's bangs are drawn to, like, perfectly curve up and around her eyebrows and they dip down a little in the middle. It reminds me so much of that monkey toy. And I can't (laughs) help but, like... Oh, no. It's just, like, that's... It just reminds me. It's, like, it feels like Rainbow Bride has, like, that monkey toy. Yeah. It's... It's very strange, and I am also not a not a huge fan of that aspect of her design. It's because it's just weird. It's, it's just it's it just doesn't read quite right. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't have that much of a disconnect between the front view and the side view. There yeah. should be more of an indication of the three dimensional shape of the bangs. Yeah. <laughs> I've always had I've always had that irritation with Rainbow Bright. It just That's fair. Even if it didn't dip down between her eyebrows. Yeah, or like sometimes they they add in like a little bit of like a you know, like you kind of see a, a a bit in the part where the bang doesn't just like perfectly line up. All of the hairs aren't perfectly in place. Yeah. And it, when they do that, it helps it so much because then you know that oh, there's a bit of there's more skin under there. Yeah, there's there's a forehead beneath those yeah. that part of her hair. It's not just a yeah. weird helmet coming up from her her immediate hairline. Yeah, it's just I can't, I, yeah, I can't deal with it. Yeah, that's fair. That is a fair criticism of this 80s design. <laughs> the rest of her design, though, it's, you know, it's, it's very cute. On. It's just sort of yeah. puffy sleeves, puffy skirt, puffy boots. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I don't know how to describe her sleeves because I feel like I've, I've only ever seen that on Rainbow Bright. So if somebody yeah. like, wore sleeves like that, I'd be like, oh, Rainbow Bright. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Or there's like little like sausage tubes. It's it's like it's a puff and then a puff and then a puff. It's just it's because it's all down the rainbow. Yeah. It looks very, like it. It, it conceptually very strange, but it works. <laughs> I think it's cute. I'm biased, though. So like. 
Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything positive I say is taken with a grain of salt. <laughs> did Did you have any Rainbow Bright merch as a kid? I don't think I did. Is the thing I don't think because like I think because this is from like this movie and the show were from like several years before I was even born. Yeah. So ni- like I don't eighty five. Yeah. So by the time I was getting toys and stuff, I don't think there was a lot of merch anymore. Oh, okay. Makes sense. At least not that I can recall. I don't think I ever had Rainbow Bright toys. Maybe I do, and it's still somewhere in my parents' basement back home. Oh my god. (laughs) If I find it, I'll take a picture. Yeah. In like four years when I go back and clean out all my junk from their basement. Sorry, mom and dad. (laughs) Oh god. I, you know, to go on a tangent, I have a few friends who their parents have always lived in the exact same house for their entire lives. Um, that was not my family, so we routinely, like, we moved around fairly frequently. And as a result, we would often go through big toy purges. Because it just wouldn't make sense to keep it all. And there's so many toys that I wish I still had. Oh um, man. I I don't know if that's why I, as an adult, if that's part of the reason why I'm a big collector of things. Um, oh. There's so many good toys as a kid. That I, I missed out on or I lost. <laughs> yeah, I my my family is one of those where it's like we we moved into one house when I was three years old and they are still there. Yeah. So oh, I think in the sweet. in the crawl space in their basement there's there's probably some fucking treasures. Oh god, that'd be so much fun just to be able to like go digging and, yeah. and because there's, I, I, Instagram knows me well, so it'll throw up, like, old Polly Pocket sets. Oh, hell yeah. Commercials for, um, I got, I got, like, a, a not, like, a toy, but Zoobly Zoo. Zoobly Zoo. Zoobly Zoo. It was, it was, like, a TV show with oh people dressed up as animals. Oh, my God. No, no, you're unlocking <laughs> memories. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, look up the characters, because it's, like... This one, like, based on the dates, like, it, it, I think it must have been in syndication when I saw it, but I just, there's something, something about those characters. I saw it, it was on Instagram, and I started watching it, oh, just like, what is this? Oh, no, 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 no. And the more I saw, the more I was like, wait a minute. Oh, there they are. Zoobly Zoo. Yeah. God. Wowzers. Yeah. But just that experience of just like that like long forgotten memory, like in, in Inside Out where they have like the dusty ass memory vault and they're just about to throw away that memory oh, of man. That thing. But then it's like you think of it one day, 20 years later, and it rescues it. <laughs> it doesn't have to die Hold like it. Bing Bong. Bing Bong! <laughs> no! No! Man, I watched Inside Out once. And and I still remember Bing Bong. I I watched it once because I I um went I saw there's a period of time where my my one grandma um she had commented that it had been a while since she had gone to the movie theater like literally like decades and so <gasps> f- for a while I was like well I'll take you to the movie theater grandma and 
we saw Inside Out, and I was not prepared for that ending. I should know better. It's fucking, it's fucking Pixar movie. Why wouldn't I have known that it would make me fucking weep? Yeah. <laughs> when when Riley is telling her parents how I I know you want me to be happy, but I can't right now. Oh god! Holy shit! Fucking crying in oh. in the chair next oh, to my grandma. Oh no! Oh my god! Thank fucking god I didn't see Coco with her. Holy oh god! Shit. Oh my god! <laughs> You want to talk about open mouth weeping? Me. Oh. oh my god, I'll share this story with you. I know this is very off topic at this point. <laughs> it's okay. Last day of vacation. I'm like, I'm chilling out at home. I I think Coco came out around Christmas, so I hadn't had a chance to watch it. So I'm like, okay, it's you know, it's up on Disney Plus or whatever Netflix, whatever it was back then. Yeah. Um, I'll watch Coco. My last day before going back to work, right before bed. Oh, fucking, no, what a mistake. Oh, what a Christine, mistake no. <laughs> oh, my God. Quite literally, like, literally open mouth oh. weeping. In my house, I was laying on my bed with my laptop no. on my stomach oh, watching, watching Coco, and I'm just fucking weeping. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> Do not watch that film. If if you have a family member who has memory problems, oh, oh no, God. holy shit! Oh boy, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's. I think that's. I really, I enjoyed Luca so much because I didn't have to fucking weep at the end. <laughs> just like a little cry, just not a big, just one. a good happy cry, not a oh my god. Oh yeah, this fucking hits too hard. Oh boy. In other news, I'm really excited to see seeing or go, turning red. Yeah, turning red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that just came out, and I'm really I want to see that. I I'm I'm hoping that I get a chance to uh li- watch it tonight because yeah. I can already see people are posting about it on social media, and I'm like, no, look away. I don't want spoilers. <laughs> I, I, I do not wish to it. see. Yeah, <sighs> looks so fucking cute. I'm so excited. Oh, don't make me cry, Pixar. They, they will. It's Pixar. No, Pixar, please. That's what they do. Not today. No. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> Man. God. But Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright. <laughs> no tears for Rainbow Bright, at least. No, no, no. Not at all. They almost got me with that that emerald, but it was more shocking than. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other things that haven't been said, but I think I think we pretty much touched on, like, cause like, like I said, this 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 was, I d- I don't recommend this as like an actual f- film, <laughs> but like. I don't know. I still... There is a a little piece of my heart that I recognize is is simply nostalgia. It is simply irrational nostalgic love. But that's where this lives. And thank you. Thank you for letting me watch it for for the birthday episode. No problem. I I honestly... I'm glad that... You pointed this movie out to me because I don't know if I would have really paid it much attention 
had we had you not talked about your love of Rainbow Bright and and put it into my brain that oh maybe I should check this one out because that it's yeah like I I'd agree this isn't like a good movie that like you're you're gonna recommend to anybody outside of a movie night like the Bad Princess movie nights but at the same time this is like a nice this is one of those like palate cleanser movies that I like yeah. to show people. Where it's just like, this is fun and goofy. You could laugh at at the stupid murky and lurky bullshit. <laughs> you can enjoy the it's charming to look at for most of it. It's Yeah. Yeah. It's this is a serviceable film, and that's not like a very that's not really glowing praise, but compared to some of the movies we have watched and will watch. <laughs> Yes. This is one that, like, you you would happily show this to some kids. Maybe they would get, you know, maybe they get some new Rainbow Bright fans out there. Yeah. It's just, it's just cute. Yeah. But I think that is going to be it for this one, you guys. So if you would like to uh, see some clips and other stuff... Yeah, uh-huh. With that, if you want to see clips and other stuff, other stuff, stuff, you could check us out. We have a Twitter um, at Bad Princess Mov, and if you have a uh, comment or a suggestion for a movie for us to take a look at, feel free to email us at badprincessmovies at gmail dot com. And uh, we also have the catalog of Bad Princess movies where you can just look through and peruse some of the movies I have in my collection that we've yet to talk about on the podcast. And you can find that at badprincessmovies.com. Thanks for, thanks for joining us on, on this rainbow adventure. Yeah, and everybody wish Bree a happy birthday. Yay, I'm old. You are. Fuck. God. You're getting, guess what? You're turning older as we speak. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well. Uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, listening. Yeah, woo. We did it. Did it. Rainbow bright. See the shining light. Starlet's gonna take you to the rainbow bright. Oh, there we go. We don't need, I don't need to edit oh, in Oh, no, the, no, uh, no. Please, outro. please put it in. Oh, we're gonna, oh. <laughs> you gotta put in the ending credits theme. It's fucking oh. beautiful. Okay. <laughs> When I tell you that I've had the Everybody's got a part to play To start each day In a beautiful way Every morning When the night goes away Every morning is a brand new day Oh, that's wonderful I hope you were still recording for that I was Good Good